Thank you all for coming out tonight. It's so good to see you guys, and it's really good to see the Hendricksmen. So we're looking forward to hearing from you here in just a few moments. Uh, just a little update uh, on the events of today. So the uh, um, uh, Mike Pepper and his son-in-law were able to head out and uh, gas up and go, so they're on their way. Be praying for them as they travel. Uh, if you are um, not familiar with what we're doing tonight, some of you maybe haven't been on a Sunday night prayer service in a while. Uh, after we're done, toward the end, we will have a season of prayer. And so uh, I will explain the rules of engagement on that here after a little while. But uh, we have the whole prayer list broken down in what I call prayer pieces. And uh, those prayer pieces uh, I have, I don't have right here, but I will get those distributed here in just a little while. Um, in the meantime, uh, just kind of a couple things to remember. Uh, the upcoming Bible conference, uh, Randy would chasing me if I didn't remind everyone to make sure you register for that. And uh, we need to know how many people will be here for food and so on and so forth. So we need to make sure that we register for that, but also that we pray for that. Uh, be praying for those also in the body. We'll do a prayer. We'll do some more specific prayer updates here uh, toward the end. But um, on Sunday nights, we get a little bit more specific about prayer updates and what's going on uh, and details. Uh, you know, Jan Smith and so on and so forth. They, she's had procedures this week and. Uh, a lot of things going on in people's lives, so we like to really be specific in that. But tonight, uh, we're going to just take some time and, and focus on the Hendricksmans. God's been good to us. He really, I was this morning, I was really serious about God has really set the agenda for HBF coming really into and through the through the uh, Lord's Supper and then into tonight. Uh, and and so we're really thankful you guys, uh, you know, have chose to be here with us tonight. And I know you guys have a lot of, they have a lot of places to go, a lot of churches they need to catch, catch up with. And so it's really special for you guys to take time uh, to spend with us. And I really appreciate the prayer team and all the others that are out tonight on Labor Day weekend uh, to be here with us tonight. And uh, I do, I'm going to go ahead and tell the, the bad news for um, for Amy, her sake. Uh, the, the, the coffee sold out. So, uh, but... I'm sure they will let you take more orders, and uh, they'll ship it to you for at least three or four times the cost, and uh, and that ministry will that money will be used in the ministry. So, but don't go to Starbucks. All right, all right, don't do it. So, all right. So, but uh, thank you for all those that, that uh, have uh, you know supported and pitched in on that, and the prayer team that started. And uh, as we as you think about the prayer team, it's not just the Oaxaca prayer team. We have a series of prayer teams getting started, and. Uh, of course, be in prayer for James Horton. He's heading up the uh, the, the Howie prayer team, uh, and he's obviously struggling with some health issues. So you'll be hearing more about that, and uh, just be praying for him as as uh, he's uh, he's he was in the hospital this week. Actually, uh, he came out. He wanted to play this morning. I, I kind of talked him out of it, and I said, James, just get some rest. So uh, he's got a he's got a blood infection, uh, and they can't get a port in his vein, so he can't get the treatment he needs for his blood infection. And so they're trying to treat it other ways. So keep James in your prayer because uh, his veins uh, are not, he's diabetic, as you guys know. And, and so he's really struggling to get the health care he needs. Uh, and so uh, he really could use our prayer. Uh, and that's why he's been ill uh, more you know, more frequently. And, uh, and so we need to just lift him up and, and pray for him. Uh, also, um, in addition to the Oaxaca team and the, the Brazil team, um, you know, Jeff Trude has a prayer team for India. Um, and there's still a team going for uh, Asia, for, for well, for Doug Pearson, and uh, also the concerns of Asia, uh, but primarily the Pearsons. 
Uh, and so uh, I think I'm missing a couple of prayer teams. I know I am. So what team? Cody Walker. Yeah, the Blowers just started the Cody Walker prayer team. So uh, we'll probably be heading down that way as well someday. Stop in at Oaxaca and head on down to South America. So that would be good. So prayer teams are important. Uh, the team is a the, the acronym for team is Together Everyone Advances Missions. And one of the principles about a prayer team at HBF is that the prayer team leader is actually the missionary. And one of the aspects of a prayer team that's so important for us is when you hear from a missionary uh, like uh, like our brother, uh, you know, Joe and Amy. Well, you're not a brother. My sister Amy. When Joe and Amy come, they're going to tell us about the ministry. They're going to tell us about the people. They're going to tell us about the objectives and the, all the strategic things that need to be accomplished. And we're going to want to supply them with Bibles and, and buildings and resources, Johns and Romans and all that stuff, uh, which is all good. And we need to know all about that. And we need to pray about all that. But one of the things a prayer team does is pray for them as a couple. Because um, missionaries uh, are notorious uh, for putting everything else out ahead of themselves. And so we got to pray for them, that, that God protects them, that God keeps them that God supplies them what they need um, in every way, physically, spiritually, emotionally, uh, because missionaries are on the front line of the battle. So when we talk about prayer teams, um, it's a unique ministry to the people that are in the field. The head of the prayer team is the missionary. And so uh, when we get a chance for them to come back and address us, whether it's the team or the church, we really covet that. And so, uh, Joe, we're glad that you're with us tonight. You've chosen to be with us. We're working feverishly in the back to try to figure out how to get your video going. So if you could uh, hold off till you see a thumbs up and maybe we put that on the end, that would be great. Um, so uh, I apologize for that. We, we're not running full tilt on our AV tonight. So um, so with that, let's uh, let's just do this. Let's stand and, and uh, or not stand. Let's have a word of prayer, bow our heads, and, uh, and uh, just pray for the service. Heavenly Father, I thank you for a season of prayer tonight. I want to thank you for bringing Joe. I want to thank you for these beautiful songs. Ron is an instrument unto himself uh, in his ability to just sing, um, you know, a cappella is outstanding. Lord, thank you for uh, Jamie working in the booth tonight. Thank you for all the work the AV team puts in week in and week out. Lord, thank you for um, the opportunity we have tonight, hopefully to view a video. And Lord, if not, Lord, that's in your hands as well. Lord, thank you for the, the prayer team that's been so faithful to, to gather around the Hendricksmans and the missions trip that we were able to take and, and Lord, the future trips, the Bibles that we're going to be preparing here in just a, a couple months to, to send down and uh, be part of a bigger outreach uh, that, that's uh, an add to that opportunity to get the word where it needs to go on time. Lord, thank you for just the opportunity to be engaged in your mission. And, Lord, thank you for the impact that Joe and Amy have made on our church uh, the last few years that they've, um, you know, chosen to invest in us. I pray, Heavenly Father, that uh, as we invest in them in prayer and, and financially and physically, Lord, uh, Lord, that you would just bless them, that we could be a blessing to them, that they leave here fuller, that their cup is fuller than when they came. We thank you and we praise you and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother, if you come and speak to us, we'd appreciate that. my mic on or do I need to turn it on? I can hear myself. So first of all, I want to say thank you for allowing us just to crash uh, in on you guys tonight. That uh, when we knew we were going to come back for just a short time, uh, we knew we wanted to hit uh, HBF. Um, and I don't know if this is being recorded or not, but you guys are one of our favorite churches. 
Uh, and, and, uh, it's not being recorded? I hope it's not. Uh, we, we, we love you guys, uh, and the main reason is because we feel at home here. And you guys have made us feel at home here, and, and we thank you for it, because it's not like that everywhere we go. Uh, and so we're privileged to be a part of you. Uh, we thank you for praying for us. We thank you for uh, starting a prayer team. Uh, man, when, when I got that text from, from Mitch, man, I thought, man, that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And we're so thankful for that. Uh, thank you for sending a group down. Uh, we had a great time. I don't think any of them want to come back. I'm just kidding. They're all asking, when are we coming back? Um, and so we'll get that worked out in the future. But we just want to say we love you. Say thank you for what you've done for us. Uh, thank you for coming alongside of us and, uh, and, and really holding us up in prayer. So we can't do anything that we do without folks like you praying for us, uh, and we're so thankful for that. And so, so keep at it, keep praying, uh, keep communicating. We get texts from you guys, emails, and that means so much to us. Uh, we can't always answer right away, uh, but we'll get around to it, uh, and we're thankful for that. I mean, we're even using a bathroom that was tiled uh, by your group. Man, that's just a, a wonderful, wonderful blessing, and, and so we thank you for that. Um, let me tell you a little bit about uh, why they're working on getting the video going. Uh, and if we get to show that, great. If not, no worries. Um, God has just done some great things. Um, it's nothing that we have done. Uh, we really don't even know what we're doing, but we're just following God and hanging on to Him. Uh, and He's just done some amazing things uh, there in Oaxaca. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Oaxaca is located in southern Mexico. Uh, we're about 10 hours from the country of Guatemala, so about as far south as you can go. Uh, and we're in a piece of land that is right on the Pacific Ocean and right at the base of the Sierra Madre Mountains. And so we get the best of the both worlds. If you like the beach, come visit us. If you like the mountains, come visit us, uh, because we get both of them. Uh, and it's just a beautiful place, uh, but it's a beautiful place with some incredible needs. Uh, our goal is not to enjoy the beauty of the place, although we do that, uh, but our goal is to see people saved, uh, to plant churches, to disciple the believers, to distribute God's word. And, and God's just done some amazing things. And so uh, we truly are privileged to be there serving uh, the Lord. Uh, we've been able to plant a church in the town of uh, Santa Maria Huaturco. Uh, and in the coming months, we're actually going to take that church and divide it into four. Uh, we have people coming from uh, about a 50-minute radius, but from four different directions. And so we're going to divide the church in four, either late this year, early next year. Uh, and so we'll have four works going. Uh, but God has also provided some men that can uh, handle those works. And so if we show the video, you'll get to see those guys uh, that we're training, that we're working with to be able to pastor those works. Um, and so that's going to be a huge blessing. It's going to be a lot of work. Uh, one of the areas we're going to start a church uh, is in a tourist zone. Um, and we're getting emails from Canadian tourists wanting to know if we offer English services. And so we'll be able to plant a bilingual church there to have Spanish services in the morning, English services in the afternoon. Uh, so there's no excuse for not coming. You can say, well, I don't speak Spanish. Well, come on down. You can minister in the English church uh, down there, and it'll be a blessing uh, to the people. Uh, we're going to start a church on the 20th of November. That's the name of the town uh, where your team did an outreach for us last year. Uh, and had a, a, a lot of kids come, and adults were there observing, had several people saved. Uh, but a church came and uh, bought a piece of property for us in that town. And so they're going to kind of adopt that town and help us build a building there. Uh, so we'll start a Bible study, or we'll continue a Bible study that we have, but we'll, we'll turn that into a church uh, in the near future. 
Uh, and then across the street from the mission base, uh, we'll have another church in the town of Herradura. Uh, and so we've purchased land there. Land was given to us uh, there. We've started working on the building there, so we got that underway. Uh, and then we'll keep a, a church in Santa Maria itself and then the other one in the tourist zone. So a lot going on uh, as far as that goes. Uh, as far as the Bible Distribution Center, thank you, thank you, thank you for sending those Bibles to us. Um, I think you sent 13 or 1,400, um, and they lasted about 30 minutes. And so they have all been given out. Uh, there's, not, there's not enough to go around. The last trailer road that came down, I think, had either four or 5,000 Bibles on it, uh, and we don't have any left. They've, they've all been given out. We have a few that we keep for our church, uh, but the goal is to get the word and spread the word. And so they've all been given out. So we're excited to know that I think you're going to make another 1,000 uh, in the next few months. And we probably already have those uh, spoken for. Uh, we've been getting requests from the neighboring state of Chiapas. Uh, and we talked to a missionary in Guatemala uh, that needs some material. So we'll even get to go into Guatemala with some of these uh, pieces of scripture. So we thank you for uh, taking on the responsibility, the local church responsibility of uh, assembling the word of God and distributing the word of God. And uh, I know the Lord will bless that, uh, bless you for that. Um, one of the men that we're working with, his name is Alvaro. Uh, Alvaro is my assistant pastor now, and some of you guys have met him. Uh, Alvaro speaks the Zapotec language, or he speaks a dialect of the Zapotec language, uh, and he has helped me translate a track into the Zapotec language. And so shortly we'll be printing a bilingual track, a bilingual in Spanish and Zapotec, to be able to distribute in his area where he's from there in Oaxaca. Uh, and we've recently had a man come to our church that's been working with us out on the mission base. He speaks another dialect of Zapotec. And the two have tried talking to each other in Zapotec, and they just don't understand each other, uh, even though it comes from the same family, two totally different uh, dialects. And so hopefully soon we'll be able to start uh, translating into the other dialect and get some tracks and uh, maybe even do some John and Romans or New Testament so we can get these people the word of God. So pray about that. Uh, if you would, we believe everybody needs to be able to read the Word of God or hear the Word of God in their own language. And so thank the Lord that he was able to give the Word of God to us in English so we can understand it and know what it says. Uh, but I believe those that speak Zapotec deserve the same uh, chance that you and I have had. So pray for that uh, if you would. And so while the guys are working on the video, let's go ahead and, and get into the message if, if you don't mind. So we'll talk a little bit uh, about the Word of God. So go to Luke chapter number 22 if you would. Luke chapter number 22. How many here have a favorite Bible character other than Jesus? Because everybody says, oh, Jesus, is, and I understand that. Uh, brother, who's your favorite Bible character? Daniel, great man of prayer, uh, was in the lion's den. God closed the mouths of the lions. So, man, a wonderful example to follow. Who else has a favorite Bible character? Mitch, I saw your hand go up. Who's your favorite Shamgar, I believe that's one of David's mighty men, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Maybe he was the one that his hand claved to the sword uh, after they went to get uh, the water out of Bethlehem. Great guy. Anybody else have a favorite Bible character? Pablo? So the, the Apostle Paul? Yes, the Apostle Paul, or Pablo as we refer to him down in Mexico, uh, responsible for giving us 14 books of the New Testament. Great, great man. Anybody else have a favorite Bible character? Yes, sir. David. Uh, we know David killed Goliath. and uh, We all have these favorite Bible characters. 
And we can learn a lot from them. But let me share with you an interesting Bible character that maybe you've never thought of before or maybe you've never seen before, but he can teach us so much. And so let's look at Luke chapter number 22. In Luke chapter number 22, Christ is getting ready to uh, have the Passover, celebrate the Passover with his disciples. Uh, the only thing was, the Bible says that uh, the foxes have their dens and the birds have their nests, but the Son of Man hath nowhere to lay his head. So Christ didn't have anything. And so he has to send his disciples to find a room that they can borrow to have the, the Passover supper, the Last Supper. Maybe we've uh, seen a painting of that or a picture of that. Uh, and so in Luke chapter 22 and in verse number 10, Jesus is talking here and he said unto them, Behold, when ye are entered into the city. So Jesus is sending two disciples uh, to find an upper room. It says, and, behold, and he said unto them, Behold, when ye are entered into the city, there shall a man meet you bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house where he entereth in. And I want to talk to you for just a few moments tonight about this man that's holding or bearing a pitcher of water. We can learn a lot from this guy. Not a lot is written about him, but if we think and if we study, there's so many things that he can teach us. He's not very, we don't even know his name, he's not very well known. But yet there's a reason God has him uh, here in the word of God. And so let me share with you just for a few minutes a few things that we can learn from this. At the end of the message, we'll share the video, have time for questions. There's no school tomorrow, so we're not in any hurry. Uh, we're not worried about Sunday afternoon lunch because it's Sunday evening. Uh, and so we'll just kind of fellowship together until God tells us uh, to go home. So uh, here's a guy here that's uh, in the New Testament, and, and you can read about him also in uh, Matthew, I believe it is. But Christ sent two disciples and said, hey, I need you to go prepare the upper room. Prepare a spot for us. He said, I'm going to send you into town, and you're going to get into town, and you're going to find a guy with a pitcher of water in his hand. And so let's look at a few things that God showed me one morning, about 3 o'clock in the morning, about this guy. I've been thinking about this guy, praying about this guy. And one morning, God just woke me up out of a sleep at 3 o'clock in the morning. And I got my computer and just began to type what the Lord showed me uh, from this man. So the first thing that I saw about this man in Luke chapter 22 uh, is he was where he was supposed to be when Jesus needed him to be there. And so many times we as Christians, we forget to be where God wants us to be. It would do us well to learn to be in the spot that Jesus wants us to be in. He said, disciples, you're going to go into town, and when you enter into the city, you're going to find a man with a pitcher of water. And so that guy was where he was supposed to be when Jesus needed him to be there. And so many times you and I as Christians, we, we miss out on the blessings of God because we're not where we're supposed to be. You know, I... I think you probably had more people here this morning than you do tonight. I know people are afraid of the virus, but the people that are not here tonight are going to miss out on a blessing. Not because we're here, but because the Word of God's been opened. Because you're going to be able to spend some time in prayer. And I don't know about you, but to me, that's a blessing. And so people that aren't here tonight are going to miss out on that blessing. People that don't come during the week or whenever you have service, they miss out on a blessing. And so we need to encourage people, hey, just be where God needs you to be. You know, you have discipleship and you have uh, the Bible. And so you have, you have so many things going on here. And if people want the blessing of God, they have to be where God wants them to be. 
And so here's a guy that was where God wanted him to be. And if you can think of some Bible stories or some, some other accounts here in the Bible where people weren't where they were supposed to be, one that comes to mind is David. Where was David supposed to be? All the kings in Israel led their armies into battle. Well, one day David didn't do what he was supposed to do, and he was not where he was supposed to be. And instead of being in the battle, where was he? He was on the rooftop. And what happened? He saw something he was not supposed to see, and he did something he was not supposed to do. And then it led to him even murdering a captain in his own army. Why? Because he was not where God wanted him to be. And so he paid for that. Uh, the Lord took a child. And, and God had to punish him because he was not where he was supposed to be. Go to John chapter number 4. Let's see some other guys that were not where they were supposed to be. And they missed out on a blessing that God had for them. In John chapter number 4. familiar passage of scripture Jesus and his disciples were uh, traveling along and uh, in verse number four it says he must needs go through Samaria and when he got into Samaria he uh, stopped there at a well Jacob's well and while he was there there was a woman from Samaria that came out and they began to talk and while they began to talk while they began to talk his disciples left and what did the disciples go to do went to get some food Typical Baptist, went to get some food. And so Christ is working with us, talking with this lady at the well, and he began to tell her about himself being the living water. He said, man, if you'll drink of this water that I give, you'll never thirst again. And so that lady had a wonderful conversion experience. Not only that, she went into town and she brought some people out and said, man, come meet a man that told me everything I've ever done. And the Bible says many more believed on him because of the saying of the woman. So there's a little revival taking place here. Folks are getting saved. People are getting right. And where the disciples are nowhere to be found. And so finally the disciples come back on the scene down around uh, verse number uh, 20, I'm sorry, verse number 31. It says, in the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him saying, Master, eat. So here they are. They got this food. Saying here, Lord, it's time to eat. Jesus said, hey, I've got meat to eat that you know not of. And so they were gone while this lady got saved, while other people came to Christ. The Bible says when they returned, they marveled not that he was speaking with her, and neither did they say anything to her. And so they didn't partake at all in that conversation. And they missed out on the blessing of that woman being saved. Why? Because they were not where they were supposed to be. We never see where Jesus sent them off to get food. I don't think Jesus sent them off to get food because when they brought the food back, he refused to eat it. And so they missed out on that blessing. And I want to encourage you, just be where God wants you to be when you're supposed to be. Whether it's here at church or whether it's wherever God has for you, just be there. And be there when he wants you to be there. And so that way we don't miss out on God's blessing. Let's go back to Luke 22. second thing I saw when I studied this man in Luke 22 verse 10 it says there shall a man meet you bearing a pitcher of water I don't think that guy woke up that morning and said for some strange reason I want to carry this pitcher of water around 
I don't think that's how that happened. But I think he was faithfully doing in doing what he was supposed to be doing. He was faithfully carrying that picture of war. I think that's something he did day in and day out. And what we can learn from that is be faithful in doing what God has for us to do. Maybe he would have liked to have done something better than carry a pitcher of water. But Jesus needed him to do that. And whatever Jesus or whatever Christ has you doing here in this body, this local church, be faithful in doing that. Just be faithful serving and be content serving where God has you. You know, carrying a pitcher of water around may not be the most attractive job. But somebody had to do it. And he got his name, or got his, got his story written about in the Word of God. And here, 2,000 years later, we're talking about this man that was faithfully doing what he was supposed to do. Now, he's walking around with a pitcher of water, and uh, what do you do with a pitcher of water? You serve. You pour water out. And so whatever your place of service is, be faithful in doing that. So many times we want the big jobs instead of the small jobs. But in God's work, there's no small jobs. Everything is important to God. Every area of service is important to God. So whether you clean the building or help with baptism or teach the kids or clean the parking lot, be faithful in doing that. Why? Because that's the job that God has given you. And be sure you're doing that job for him and not for him. You know, he, he's a great guy. I love your pastor. But if I was serving God because of him, someday he's going to disappoint me. He's human. It's bound to happen. And then I'm going to quit serving God because I was serving God for him instead of serving God for him. And so whatever God has given you to do, just be faithful in doing that. Carry that pitcher of water. Look for ways to serve. Look for ways to be a blessing so that God can bless you. Look back at Luke chapter 16. I believe this was your theme uh, last year. Luke 16.10 says, He that is faithful in that which is least. Least. You know, as humans, we have a hard time being faithful in something we think is insignificant. Like I said, there's nothing insignificant in the work of God. It all matters. It's all important. And so if we're faithful in the least, he knows that we'll be faithful in much. So I want to be faithful to serve him. You Hopefully one day when I die, when I get to heaven, I hear, well done, now good and faithful servant. Doesn't matter if people pat us on the back. I don't care about that. I want to hear my Savior say, well done, now good and faithful servant. So I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you, just be faithful. Doesn't matter where you're serving, just be faithful at it. I, I, I know it's... If you folks are faithful, if we're faithful serving where we're supposed to be serving, it's a less burden that your pastor has, knowing that he can count on you to be faithful. You know, it's tough for a pastor to wake up on Sunday morning and start receiving texts. Hey, I can't do my job today. I can't do this today. I can't do that today. Then he's got to go start putting out fires. And while he's putting out fires, that distracts from the message that he's got to bring. And so just like this guy, be faithful in serving. He had that pitcher of water ready to serve. So be faithful in that. Another thing in our area of service, Psalm 100 verse 2, you know the verse, serve the Lord with 
gladness. And aren't you glad we get to serve God? Doesn't that excite you? The God of the universe is letting us serve him. I don't know about you, but man, that's exciting to me. We get to serve the Lord in Oaxaca, 110 degree weather. We sweat all the time. You guys know that. But we get to serve God. We get to see people saved. We get to give out Bibles. We get to see lives changed. To serve the Lord with gladness. Is it hard at times? Very, very hard. Just like it is here, it's very hard. This COVID thing has everything uh, all messed up. And we had to close our services the second Sunday of March. And finally, we're able to open up in July. We had services July and the first two weeks of August. As soon as we landed here in the United States, we received an email saying, hey, you got to shut service down again. So our church is not able to meet. That's okay. God knows that. And we're still going to serve the Lord with gladness. We have to serve him with a face mask on, but we're going to serve him with gladness. And that, that's important to God that we serve him with gladness. So God wants us to serve with a cheerful heart. And so I want to encourage you, just be faithful in doing what Christ has for you to do. Just a pitcher of water, but pretty important. We were talking about this this morning and talking about going to a Mexican restaurant. There's going to be a waiter there with a pitcher of water. And what's that guy going to do? He's going to serve the water. Little did I know that the waiter was in the service this morning. So when we got to the restaurant, he said, man, I'll never forget your message because I'm the waiter with the pitcher of water. So just be faithful. God will bless your faithfulness. You know, you may say, well, I want to do more for the Lord. And that's great. Be faithful in the least. Be faithful in the least. You'll be faithful in much. Go back to Luke chapter 22 if you're not there. So not only was this guy where he was supposed to be when Jesus needed him to be there. He was also faithful in doing what Jesus needed him to do. One thing I thought about when I was thinking and praying about this man, it says, there shall a man meet you. We have no idea what his name was. We have no idea his family background. And so what God showed me was he wasn't worried about being famous. So many times we want to serve God and we want people to notice us. Well, man, look at what so-and-so did. Aren't they a great person? We need to serve God without being famous. Not, don't worry about that. You know, we, when we come here, you guys make a big deal about missionaries and we appreciate that. But missions is not about us. In all honesty, missions is not about the lost. Missions is about God. And making his name great. Making him known. And so that's what we want to do. We want to make God known. I don't care if anybody ever knows Joe Hendricksman's name. Can't pronounce it even if they do know it. Uh, and so I'm not worried about that. But we want them to know about our God. We want, them, we want them to hear what he has done for them. We're not worried about being famous. And so many Christians and so many pastors are worried about building their own kingdom. You think about it in Acts chapter 1 when Jesus and his disciples were walking out to where Jesus was going to ascend. What was the question they asked Jesus? Will thou restore unto us the kingdom of Israel? Jesus said, no, it's not about you. But you're going to be witnesses unto me. It's about me. And so we need to make sure we're making it about God. So you're serving God for God. You're serving God not to be known, but to make him known. You know, you read the story of David and Goliath, and David had to kill Goliath so that all the earth would know that there was a God in Israel. 
why Goliath had to die. You can read where Moses went to Pharaoh and asked Pharaoh to uh, let the children of Israel go. And the Bible says in Romans that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. But the reason he did that was so that all the earth would know that there's a God in Israel. So while we're in Mexico, we're, we're being faithful. We're where God wants us to be. And, and we're there because we want the Oaxacans to know that there's a God in heaven. There's a God that loved them enough that he sent his son and died for them. It's not about us. We're not there to be famous. I mean, if we wanted to be famous, we'd come back here to the States where it's not as hot, where we have air conditioning and hot water. Uh, it's not about us. And so we can serve the Lord for him and who he is. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul is writing here, and there were some problems in the church in Corinth, and they were kind of arguing and saying, man, the apostle Paul led me to the Lord. I'm a great Christian because of Paul. Some said, no, I'm of Apollos. He baptized me, and man, I, I want to serve God because I'm of Apollos. And the Bible says here in verse number six, it says, Paul said, I have planted in Apollos watered. You know, Amy and I, we've been in Oaxaca and we've planted. We've sown the word of God there. You guys have watered. You've helped us be able to plant. But you know, it's God. God gives the increase. But look what it says. And so many times we quit quoting that verse right there. But look at verse number seven. And let's see who we really are. It says, so then, neither is he that planteth anything. Neither is he that watereth. We're just nothing. Serving the God that gives the increase. And if we learn that, it's not about us. And the, the rewards that will come from letting God do the work. You know, I, I tell people all the time when they ask, hey, what are you doing here? How is this work? I don't have a clue as to what I'm doing. But God does. It's God that's doing the work. Sometimes Amy and I get in the way and we have to get out of the way so God can work. But don't worry about making a great name for yourself. God just wants you to be a nobody, really. And we can be nobodies for God. And I think he'd be pleased with that. So he was... This man wasn't worried about being famous. He was where he was supposed to be when he was supposed to be there. He was faithfully doing what he was supposed to be doing. He wasn't worried about being famous. Go back to Luke chapter number 22. Let me share one last thing with you. Verse number 10, it says, There shall a man meet you bearing a pitcher of water. What's the next two words? Follow him. So Jesus said, you're going to meet this guy. He's going to have a pitcher of water, and you're going to follow him. And you read down later that the disciples, they got there, they found the man, and they followed him just as the Lord said. And so there was something about this man that these disciples wanted to follow him. And you and I as Christians, we need to understand that there are people following us. And we need to make sure we're living our lives to where people want to follow us. And as people are following us, we have the great responsibility to lead them to Christ. Whether you want to admit it or not, there's people watching. There's people observing us. Many of them are wanting us to fail as Christians. But if they're following us, we need to be sure we're leading them closer to Christ 
instead of away from Christ. And so these men followed this guy. And so there's people that are going to follow us. And we need to make sure we're living our lives in such a way that people see something different in us. Hey, man, I, I want what that guy has. I want what she has. I'm going to follow them. I'm going to see what makes them different. Man, what a great opportunity to share the love of Christ and to show the love of Christ and to show them what the hands and feet of Jesus really look like. So people are going to follow us. People are watching. Fifteen years or so ago, I was working for a company called Feral Gas. There's an office for them somewhere right up the road here. And as a manager, a couple of times a year, we had these managers' meetings, and we'd all get together, 15 or 18 of us, and uh, we'd go to a restaurant, and they'd plan some things. And So one particular time, we were in the state of Virginia. We are all eating at an Applebee's. And so the waiter came, and he's taking everybody's drink order. And, of course, they're ordering daiquiris, and I don't even know what all those drinks are, but they were ordering alcoholic beverages. When it came around to me, I ordered a Diet Coke. The waiter kind of snickered, and he wrote down Diet Coke. That's okay. You can laugh. I don't mind. About 20 minutes into the meeting, a man by the name of Rick Smith came walking in, and uh, as he got closer to the table, the waiter said, Hey, sir, what would you like to drink? And without hesitation, he said, I'll have what Joe's having. And the waiter said, no, you don't want that. He's drinking a Diet Coke. And Rick said something I'll never forget. He said, I know Joe's a Christian, and he'll not drink anything that he's not supposed to be drinking. So I'm safe to say I'll have what Joe's having. Something I'll never forget. Didn't even know he was watching. Didn't even know he was observing. But thank the Lord he was following, and I was able to point him a little closer to Christ. And so people are watching us. People are following us. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 11, Paul penned these words, and it's something we need to understand, something we need to do. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 1, Paul said, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. If you're not following Christ, you better make sure nobody's following you because you're going to lead them to somewhere that they don't need to go. But I promise you, if you will follow Christ, there will be people that will naturally follow you, and you better be leading them to a closer relationship to Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. And I want to encourage you to do that. It's, again, we need to be where we're supposed to be. We need to be faithful with what we're doing. We don't need to be worrying about making our name great because it's not about us. But we need to make sure we're living a life that is worthy of being followed. Because whether we like it or not, people are going to follow us. People are going to imitate us. When I was a kid, I grew up at the First Baptist Church of Milford under Dr. Charles Keene as my pastor for many years. Dr. Keene parted his hair a little more to this way. It's kind of an off-centered part. And as a young man and as a teenager, I parted my hair the same way, hoping that it would bring me closer to God. I was following a man, and he was a man worthy of being followed. So maybe we all need to grow beards and get glasses like (laughs) Pastor Brian. Because I believe he's worthy of being followed. But I want to encourage you as a body. People are going to naturally follow you if you will lead them closer to Christ. And there's no greater joy than to be able to lead somebody closer to Christ. So we we just need to be where we're supposed to be. Do what we're supposed to do. Don't worry about making our name great. And help those that are following behind us draw closer to Christ. That's my challenge. That's what I learned from this 
little man with a pitcher of water. The Bible doesn't say much about him, but he sure can teach us a lot. And so I hope that was a blessing to you. Let's bow for prayer, and I think they've about got the video ready. And so we'll watch the video. Uh, and then when that's done, I tried to cut the video down as short as I could, but it's nine minutes and 55 seconds. So I apologize to that uh, for that. Um, but God is just doing so much there. And so we just we give all the glory to Him. Uh, and so it's nothing that Amy and I have done, uh, but it's Christ working uh, through us. So let's bow for prayer, then we'll watch the video. And then if you have some questions, don't be afraid. Uh, to ask those questions. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for putting this story in the Bible about this man with a pitcher of water. And Lord, help us to learn from him to be where we need to be. Help us to learn from him to be faithful with what you have given us to do. Lord, help us to make your name great instead of our own. Help us to lead other people into a closer relationship with you. Lord, we just want to say thank you for allowing us to be here. Thank you for the work that's been done in Oaxaca. We thank you for this partnership uh, with this church, Lord, and how uh, they've sent us Bibles. They've sent prayers to you on our behalf. They've sent finances. They've sent personnel. Lord, what a wonderful blessing and encouragement that is to us. And I pray that you bless them for it. Lord, bless the time of the video. Lord, speak to our hearts. But help us to rejoice in what you have done. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'll go ahead and play the video. ¿Cómo están ustedes? We are Joe and Amy Hendricksman, missionaries with Mission of Grace Oaxaca, located in Santa Maria Huatulco. The purpose of Mission of Grace Oaxaca is to see souls saved by means of planting churches, medical outreach, and Bible distribution. We would like to take the next few minutes and give you a brief history of what the Lord has done in our ministry over the past four years. On November 6, 2016, after finishing deputation, Pastor Brad Nelson and the Grace Baptist Church of Lee Summit, Missouri, prayed over us and sent us out to begin the ministry of Mission of Grace Oaxaca. Our first step was in Cacolotepec, Oaxaca, where we finished studying the Spanish language. While in language school, we assisted Pastor Misael Jimenez in planting La Iglesia Bautista Fundamental Casa de Dios in the town of Rio Grande. While attending language school, we would take exploratory trips in search of the town that God would have us to start our ministry. After seven months of studying Spanish, God led Amy and I to permanently relocate to the market town of Santa Maria, Huatulco. In July of 2017, God allowed us to hold our first Sunday service on the front porch of our house. And this was the start of La Iglesia Bautista La Gracia, or Grace Baptist Church. Over the next three years, we saw people saved, baptized, and discipled as the church began to grow. We outgrew our front porch, and the church began to rent a storefront where we held services for two years. Most recently, we have moved to a new location where we are rent-free, and that enables the church to focus on using funds for church construction. God has given us three families that have a desire to be trained and involved in the ministry. The first family is the Alvaro Ramirez Santiago family. Brother Alvaro is now the assistant pastor and his wife Rosa helps with the ladies ministries. Their daughter Peely runs the Grace Christian School. This family came to our church as a result of weekly door knocking. 
The second family is the Sergio Garcia family. Brother Sergio is training to pastor in the future. They came to our church as a result of Amy and I cultivating a relationship with them and a strong desire for Sergio to teach his family the truths of the Word of God. On August 16th of 2020, Brother Sergio preached his first message at the Grace Baptist Church. The third family is Rosa Lopez Figueroa and her daughter Fatima. Rosa, who is the first person baptized in the church, disciples and teaches the teen girls and works full-time as a cook, working in the school and with mission groups. Rosa came as a result of being invited by another lady who was being discipled at the time. We thank God for these fellow helpers in the ministry. The ability to plant churches and encourage the national spiritually through each ministry has been facilitated by the founding of the Mission of Grace Bible and Literature Distribution Center. In February of 2018, the first of three semi-trailer loads of material arrived. Each trailer contains 24 pallets filled with Bibles, tracts, and other soul-winning material. There's a tremendous need for God's Word in the southern region of Mexico. We have been able to provide material to churches and individuals throughout the state of Oaxaca, the neighboring states of Chiapas and Veracruz, as well as up to the state of Sinaloa. What a joy it is to freely give out tracts in John and Romans and Bibles to people who have been waiting for the good news of Jesus Christ. These Bibles and materials are provided by churches in the United States and transported to the border until all 24 pallets are filled to be able to send it on to Oaxaca. Once the truck arrives in Santa Maria, each box is unloaded by hand as anxious pastors await to be given material to distribute in their towns. One of the most important things the church has learned is their personal responsibility of getting the gospel to the world. As a result, God has enabled us as a church to financially support on a monthly basis three Mexican missionaries in the countries of Turkey, Panama, and Israel. As with any church plant, it usually begins with a lot of children. Due to the financial demand on the family, most parents work 10 to 12 hours a day or more, which leaves the children to care for themselves. Seeing this problem and knowing that the children are the future of the church, Amy and I were burdened to start a Christian school that would teach and train children with a biblical foundation. In August of 2018, we begin with eight full-time students. This year, due to limited space, we have capped the enrollment at 20 students. It has been a joy to see the students learn academically and grow spiritually through Bible teaching. Through this ministry, we have seen kids accept Christ as their Savior and the gospel being sown into the homes of lost families. A big thank you to individuals who make it possible for students to attend through our student sponsorship program and school supply donations. We praise God for the staff who serve at the Grace Christian School. During the time of the church plant, God allowed us to host three interns that were a huge blessing during the beginning stages of the work in Oaxaca. Allison, who came for three years, helped start the children's program and was vital in starting the Grace Christian School. Emily, who came for eight months as a requirement to graduate Bible college, assisted in teaching English, helped in the children's program, and was involved in the outreach ministries of the church. After graduating Bible college, Emily sensed the call of God to serve full-time in Oaxaca. 
Emily raised her support and has been serving with us the last two years as a single missionary. She has become a vital part of our clinic outreach by working as a pharmacy tech, preparing and distributing meds to the patients. Elijah Robinson, who came for six months, drove our church van route, helped in the Christian school, and was instrumental in clearing the road and property in the early construction stage of the mission base. Amy and I have seen firsthand the incredible blessing of having interns involved in Mission of Grace Oaxaca. Not only do interns accelerate ministry growth, but they also help daily operations run smoother and ease the burdens of ministry leadership. The intern also receives great reward by receiving a glimpse of true missionary life with valuable hands-on cross-cultural experience. The state of Oaxaca has many towns hidden away in the mountainous regions. Due to the indigenous culture found in these towns, outsiders are generally not welcomed with open arms. We have learned that medicine is a way to cross this cultural barrier, giving us the opportunity to minister not only physically, but also spiritually. Because of my background in the medical field, God has given me a burden to help those with little resources and limited access to medical care. One of the advantages to having a mobile med clinic is that we are able to take our fully stocked pharmacy to the mountain towns where little or no medicine is available. These medications and medical consults are an avenue to show God's love and care to a people without hope. In November of 2017, we held our first medical outreach in four different towns. Over 500 individuals received free medical consults, medication, and most importantly, the Word of God. At the close of the trip, the medical team donated all leftover meds and equipment to help start the Grace Clinic and Mobile Med. Since then, we have held five clinic outreaches around the state of Oaxaca, and I have had the resources to help individuals almost on a daily basis. People come to my home seeking medical care, so I have been given the opportunity to aid in a variety of ways. In August of 2019, we broke ground on the clinic building located on the mission-based property where we will soon be able to treat patients on a daily basis. The clinic will contain a triage office, two consult rooms, a pharmacy, a patient waiting area, and a spiritual health room where each patient will be presented with the gospel and prayed with. The continuous demands of the clinic ministry are met by individuals who come and give up their time using their medical skills donations of medical supplies, and those who contribute financially and prayerfully. We are excited to see God working in this ever-growing ministry that enables us to reach the people of Oaxaca. We want to take this moment to rejoice in what God has done over the last four years. We also hope to challenge your heart for what lies ahead. Our job would be very difficult if it weren't for people like you partnering with us, providing for our needs, and praying for us. Would you please pray for Amy and I and the Mission of Grace Oaxaca team that God would continue to bless and we would see people saved and churches planted for God's glory. As you can see through this video, the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Would you also please pray that God would send more laborers to Oaxaca to join the Mission of Grace team as we fulfill the Great Commission. May God bless you. I just want to say thank you again. Uh, for having a part in our ministry. Uh, we give all the glory to God for what He has done. Uh, it's nothing that we have done, but it's, but it's all God. We, we can't explain uh, what's happening, but we just know that God's uh, working in a mighty way. And so we thank you for that. Pray for us, if you would. Uh, there's still much 
uh, land to possess, as Caleb talks about. Uh, maybe it was Joshua, one of those two guys said, hey, we're, we're going forward. There's still stuff to do. Uh, so I'll turn the service back to Pastor. I know we have a time of prayer and different things planned. Thank you. get the uh, video going so praise god i need a volunteer or two any volunteers pat preston peyton jeff well let the young guys come back here these are our prayer pieces and uh i know some of you have been here so and you guys you're still us so just uh, hand one of these out one per person and we're going to run out tonight before we get them out so just uh just spread those out among the congregation. What you're getting in your hands right now are our prayer pieces. Uh, this is our prayer list. So when we come together on Sunday night, uh, we just pray <clears throat> over the, the list. So now typically we have four to six pieces a piece, if that gives you any indication <laughs> of how many people are here. And uh, we pray over the prayer list. So the prayer list gets answered. And we pray about other aspects that are more uh, you know, pressing as well during that time. And so, um, again, I'll get to the praying here in just a minute. I want to get those distributed. But I want to just circle back around and thank you, Joe and Amy, for being here. And uh, and just rehearse with us what, you know, twice today uh, we've heard the call, you know, to that there's the, the field is wide unto harvest. I mean, this is a great time to be about getting in the field. Of course, it's difficult with COVID and all the other aspects uh, that are going on. But we still have to be doing it. We still have to be minded to do it. And we still need to prepare uh, because God brings men like Joe and Amy to, to Heartland to encourage us not just to prepare Bibles and send them, which is also what we need to be preparing to do, but we also got to prepare our hearts. Uh, if God calls us to be like many of you that are in this room that have, you know, Bob and the whole team that went uh, last year, just, just a little over a month from now, you guys, you went and physically were on the ground. And the Bible tells us where our treasure is, there's our heart also. So it's so important that we invest in the field along with uh, these that are leading us, talking about following. We're following their faithfulness, and I know they're following the Lord, right? That's why we follow them, and, and it's important that we invest. <clears throat> and if not here, where, right? And it's anywhere God calls us. So just remember what we've learned. You know, be there. Be ready to serve faithfully and uh, be, you know, uh be doing it with gladness, right? Serve joyfully. That's so important, right? The joy of the Lord is our strength. So that was a really good word. Uh, and so we need to do it uh, with gladness. We need to make sure that we're serving humbly, right? So uh, we need to make sure that we're serving, um, you know, in a way that, that is credible. So when people see us, uh, they know that, that uh, we're someone they can follow. And so uh, we need to serve as an example as well. So we need to serve faithfully, joyfully, humbly. That's not exactly the outline he gave, but I was getting in late because of the, <laughs> being in the booth. But that's a good word, you know, and we need, to, we need to serve as examples, helping others and making sure that we follow. <clears throat> and uh, I pray that God's good hand would be upon us as, uh, you know, faithfulness is a, is a really important aspect of the ministry. So let's, let's talk about some practical things we can do as we wrap up to help the Hendricksmans tonight. So here in just a minute, we're going to pray, and some of you may be uncomfortable praying, so I'm not going to like force everybody into prayer teams and groups, but uh, if you're comfortable, we're going to break up in groups of, you know, four, three, two, you don't want to get too big, you'll be here all night, 
Um, and just just pray over what's in your hand, the little prayer piece. But also, specifically, let's pray for the Hendricksmans tonight. Let's pray, first of all, that you know God continues that ministry of reaching out to children and to families. Um, God's using that in a mighty way. Of course, the medical aspect, that's huge. If you watch uh, the Hendricksmans videos online and follow them on Facebook, if you don't, you ought to. Uh, I know some of you are against Facebook. I get that too. So, you know, as you are, we'll just give you updates. But if you are a Facebook person, uh, you know, please, you know, check out the Hendricksons. Make sure you're following them. Joe does a great job of giving real-time information about the progress of the of the projects and the things that are going on, especially with the medical clinic. So let's pray for that medical clinic because it's a great door opener to the community. Uh, the distribution of the Word of God, uh, is, as he mentioned, how important it is. He's mentioned Chiapas. I don't know if you guys understand how much of a stronghold Chiapas is to the gospel. I mean, it's it's dark ages. It's dark. I'm not exaggerating, am I? I mean, at least the reports I've read, it's dark ages level, uh, like opposition to Christ, uh, led by the same folks. Oftentimes, that we're doing it in the dark ages. So, so there's just a lot of uh, there's just a lot of opposition there in Chiapas. So he's in a he's 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 getting the word into spiritual strongholds. Uh, you know, where he's at <clears throat> and from that distribution point. So we really do need to be praying about the distribution of God's word. We're, we're, talking, a, we're talking a couple hour flight south of where we are, and there's that kind of intense spiritual warfare going on. And uh, many people, you know, I mean, we talk about Africa, you know, and we talk about Asia, but you, just, you don't have to go very far. And uh, you got it right here south of the border. And so we need to be praying about that. And thank God that God's allowed us to be partners. And I want to mention this, too, as, we, as I kind of wrap up on this. God is helping us uh, be more connected uh, in our partnership with the Hendricksmans. God has used them to facilitate a deeper relationship with Grace, which is their sending church. So Pastor Brad Nelson and I have been visiting, and uh, Mike Shore, who I, through Doug Carriger, I got connected inadvertently last year. Uh, I didn't know at the time we were we were talking about wounded spirits and PTSD and all of that. We were at a camp together, and we were fast friends and <clears throat> and what have you. And I made their acquaintance, um, but uh, just just recently, I think within the last few months, um, the need to get the word where it needs to go uh, has facilitated, you know, Pastor Brad Nelson at the Grace Baptist in, in Lee Summit to. Just say, hey, guys, we got to pray about how to get the Bibles to the Hendricksmans. How, how do we get the Bibles that we want to get to them to them? How's Hartley going to get them there, right? I mean, these are, we're all working together uh, because we're parallel partners. And, uh, and so uh, this couple that I had the pleasure of getting to know uh, just about a year ago, uh, the Shores, uh, Mike and uh, what's I forget, Liz Shore, um, Mike and Liz are a great couple. They are actually taking on the responsibility of being couriers uh, and they've established a ministry called Seeds of Grace. And uh, and so be praying about that ministry because that's going to help facilitate. It's right out of the same sending church as Joe and Amy, and it's going to help facilitate the, the ministry of getting the word to the border so they can get the word down to Oaxaca. And so <clears throat> so those are important things to pray about and uh, the partnerships that God is, is with the churches that we stay in unity of mind and spirit so we don't leave the folks in the front line stranded over silly stuff that doesn't matter and stay focused on the main thing. Because uh, our brother's right. You know, there's so much that can distract um, a minister and a ministry. And so it's so important. I'm so thankful to the Lord that, that he has blessed us. So when we talk about praying, we can give thanks because God has blessed our church, number one, with being in Cass County. 
and having, uh, you know, Bob Houston and Andy Warland uh, as the powers that be uh, and our governor who have, in, in retrospect or, or compared to uh, many of the other, uh, you know, counties and communities, we have a lot of liberty here. Um, we just got to go a few minutes north and, man, we can't meet like this. And, and, so, and so we're fortunate that God has allowed us to, to, to be about his business this summer. We were allowed to have a VBS we we're allowed to put Bibles together before that, and we're just plowing on through the ministry, uh, not without hiccup here and there, but uh, by God's grace. So be praying. Another thing I need you to pray about, uh, not not want to take anything away from the Hendricksmans, but but I need you to pray about the upcoming Bible conference. Uh, it's just a few weeks out, <clears throat> and we really need to pray that there's no shutdowns, that there's no you know outbreaks, that there's nothing that's going to hinder us because we need all hands on deck. We're going to try to do. Bob's got a great plan for social distancing. It'll be more safe than we are right now, and uh, we're gonna. It's going to be. We're going to do. We're going to. We're going to do everything we can to make to be blameless and harmless, as sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. We are going to do everything we can to be blameless and harmless, but also super productive because we have twenty five thousand whole Bibles to get together for Chichewa. And so, so guys, be, don't, don't just take that for granted that's going to happen. Let's pray, and let's ask the Lord to, to give us that grace that he's been giving us. And, boy, what a blessing it's been. Has this been a good day or what? Man, amen. So I gave you, let me recap that. So let's pray for the, the outreach ministries of the children, the family, the medical clinics, the, uh, the uh, uh, distribution of the Word of God, and their partnerships, right? They need, he's, be, he's beseeching us for laborers. Maybe God's calling you to be on a team. Maybe you need to be praying about going to Oaxaca. Maybe you need to be praying about getting involved in ministry and taking that pitcher of water and just doing that thing that God's calling you to do. Uh, work in the sound booth, AV will take you. Children's ministry, right? That's where it begins. Just, just, just doing what we're supposed to be doing, and that may be where it ends. And that can be as glorious as going to Oaxaca, right? You don't have to be the pastor. You don't have to be the missionary, but you do got to be the faithful servant, and that's what God's looking for. And, uh, and so those are the people who, uh, you know, get the ball down the road. The reason, by the way, this morning, I didn't tell you, there's a member of our church. I said the body, there's actually one member of our church, and I'm not going to tell his name. But one of the members came to me and said, Brian, I got a burden for the Sierra Leone Bible Project. That's how that project got started. One member who will remain nameless because he wouldn't want you guys to know who he is. And he's nobody you would know. He's carrying a pitcher of water, you know. And, uh, and that's how that whole thing got started. And then you've seen what God's doing. It wasn't because I was excited about it, although I was excited about it. I was just, but, uh, man, that's, that was a lot to take on by faith. So one member helped prime the pump a little bit. And then God brought the rest. And so I'm just telling you guys, you would be surprised what one faithful servant with a pitcher of water, can, how God will use those, those folks. The, the people you don't even know about, the people that want no recognition. I tell you what, that's the people God uses. So, uh, and that's all of us, you know, that's every man, you know, that's, that's who we ought to be serving Jesus and let him get the glory. So thank you for the word tonight, brother. Thank you so much. So, uh, this is what we're going to remember.